Hello and welcome to the Cedar Symposium. Today we're going to have a revision lesson on William Blake's A Little Boy Lost from the Songs of Experience. So first of all let's hear the poem and then we'll have a think about its meaning, its textual history and its critical history as well. Nought loves another as itself, nor venerates another so, nor is it possible to thought a greater than itself to know. And Father, how can I love you, or any of my brothers more? I love you like the little bird that picks up crumbs around the door. The priest sat by and heard the child. In trembling zeal he seized his hair. He led him by his little coat, and all admired the priestly care. And standing on the altar high, Lo, what a fiend is here, said he, one who sets reason up for judge of our most holy mystery. The weeping child could not be heard. The weeping parents wept in vain. They stripped him to his little shirt and bound him in an iron chain and burnt him in a holy place where many had been burnt before. The weeping parents wept in vain. Such things done on Albion's shore. It's quite a shocking poem. And perhaps because it's shocking, people have tried to explain away some of the horrors. But let's have a look at an interpretation by Stephen D. Cox from the University of California, who wrote an interesting article called Adventures of a Little Boy Lost, Blake and the Process of Interpretation. According to Cox, this is the interpretation of the poem. A child pointedly asserts his rights to a mild form of egoism, and he is murdered for doing so. The poem is an ironic sequel to The Little Boy Lost and The Little Boy Found in Songs of Innocence. There God rescued a lost child and returned him to a loving mother. Here God becomes an excuse for society's destruction of an independent spirit. One naturally assumes that one is expected to sympathise both with the child and with his observations about the primacy of self-love. That's one interpretation, but there are some issues with that. And part of it comes down to the fact that the poem was uh, not exactly as we've got it in the original draft. So in the, in the initial draft, uh, it was the boy's mother who referred to her son as a fiend and not the priest, uh, which I think is a very significant change. And line seven to eight about the little bird, perhaps the most baffling, poem, uh, baffling lines in the whole poem, also slightly different. I love myself, so does the bird that picks up crumbs around the door, was the initial, uh, the initial draft. So we'll just leave those to one side for the moment and have a think about uh, the interpretation of the poem through time. So some critics have often said that the key issue here is that this, this boy is very much like Cordelia in King Lear, uh, a child who is only able to express his love for a parent uh, in a countercultural way and so suffers as a result at the hands of, of the parent. And perhaps that link with, with Shakespeare is important. Uh, others have seen this poem as being very much about the importance of self-love but the problem with seeing it as a poem about self-love is that that doesn't sit very well with, with a lot of people's understanding. So other critics have cast around for other interpretations. Uh, so some people, for example, 
have seen that the, the key issue here is the, the divinity that the boy perceives both within himself and in the little bird. So according to, to one critic, for example, this poem implicitly affirms the little boy's vision of the identical holiness of man, nature, animal and God. Another interpretation is given by Hazard Adams in a well-known study of Blake's shorter poems from 1963. He argues that the child's argument is really a plea for universal love rather than self-love. And yet that first stanza seems to suggest something very different. Naught loves another as itself, nor venerates another so, nor is it possible to thought greater than itself to know. That particular stanza seems to be valorising self-love. Father, how can I love you or any of my brothers more? How can I love you more than I love myself? And that view seems very uncomfortable to lots of people, which is why they then pick up on the, uh, the comments about the little bird. And I love you like the little bird that picks up crumbs around the, the door. Very straightforward Lexis, and yet a very complicated couple of lines. In what way does the speaker, does the child, love the father like the little bird that picks up crumbs around the door? Is it because they are all part of the same universe, part of the same creation, or is it uh, some other possible interpretation? We also need to look at how the priest responds. Uh, the priest says, Lo, what a fiend is here, one who sets reason up for judge of our most holy mystery. Now that comment about reason is important, and many critics have seen the child as an 18th century rationalist. Um, someone much like Tom Paine, who wrote The Rights of Man. It's reason that's being set up against the mystery of, of religion. So uh, one critic, for example, points out that Blake himself criticises reason in his other works, and therefore goes on to argue that Blake's sympathies are by no means entirely with the child's argument, however strongly they may be with the child himself. So this, this poem, which looks very straightforward on, on first sight, seems to be a little more complicated when we look uh, further into it. Let's have a look at the, the priest again. So the priest looks like a straightforward tyrant. He is sitting down, he's complacent. When he hears the child, he seizes his hair. He drags him away and everybody is... Uh, Full of, a mad, full of admiration for this so-called priestly care. The priest is standing on the altar high. That that's itself is slightly strange. Why is he standing on the altar? Uh, is this because he is deifying himself rather than standing by the altar or before the altar? Uh, there is possibly a, a criticism there um, lying behind the much more obvious criticism of the, of the priest's inhumanity. So... Is the boy essentially someone who is claiming the importance of self-love, or is he a rationalist in the 18th century tradition? Uh, another critic called D.G. Gillam, for example, argues that the boy is basically a selfist. Uh, I think that is a word. A selfist and a rationalist, one in the tradition of 18th century deism. So we have an issue here, and, and Cox 
really spells this out quite helpfully. Uh, he says this, Blake's little poem then has managed to produce quite a variety of interpretations. Some of his commentators regard the little boy as a rationalist and some as a visionary. Some believe that he is conversing with a human father and some that he is praying to a divine one. Some base their conclusions on a close examination of stanza one or stanza two and some are content with a passing reference to the whole. But although their commentaries differ widely from one another, both in level of sophistication and in point of view, most seem agreed on one idea. The poem should be viewed primarily as an invitation to such emotions as pity, tolerance, or universal love, and not as a seriously intended argument for the primacy of self. Cox, by contrast, argues that Blake's point is more troubling, more challenging, that he really is arguing for the primacy of self. He's arguing that self-love is what really matters. And Cox goes on to say that over the past hundred years, much of Blake's ability to challenge or even to irritate his readers has been destroyed by the popular acceptance of some of the ideas to be found in his works. Anyone who has taught innocence or experience or America or visions of the Daughters of Albion knows how easily Blake's authentically radical political, social and religious principles can become obscured by his vaguely modern humanitarianism, how easily they can be mistaken for the commonplace notions of the 20th century. So this perhaps is our, our challenge in writing about a little boy lost fray level. Uh, it's easy to judge it purely by the, the common standards of the 20th century, whereas maybe Blake's vision is more challenging, more disturbing, um, appealing to, to self-love, rather than a simple criticism of uh, authority, in this case the religious authorities and also uh, the authority of parents. Because as we see towards the end of the poem, uh, the weeping parents wept in vain. Are they weeping for the child or are they weeping at the child's behaviour? They stripped him to his little shirt and bound him in an iron chain. And then he was burnt in this, this holy place where many had been burnt before. So Blake here is drawing on a, a very old Protestant tradition, uh, most firmly summed up by uh, John Fox in his Book of Martyrs, uh, written in the 16th century. Uh, that was extremely popular. It set out this vision of, uh, in, in that case, Catholicism's inhumanity to the Protestant reformers, which then grew into a, a wider criticism of um, organised religion in the 18th century. And then Blake finishes with a question, a rhetorical question. Are such things done on Albion's shore? And Albion is a very old name for Britain. It's the name for the island before it became Britain. So he's reaching back and trying to claim the, the authority of, uh, of the ancient world. Are such things done on Albion's shore? We might assume that the answer to that question is yes, that this is a straightforward criticism of what is going on in, in Blake's world. But maybe... Actually, this poem has got a more open-ended answer. Maybe that answer isn't so clear. And therefore, maybe when writing about this poem, we can give the obvious interpretation, alternative interpretations, 
and then our view of uh, where we stand when looking at the, the complexities that arise from the really simple language, the simple verse form, uh, and what seems to be a straightforward argument, a straightforward social, political and religious protest. Okay, so that's A Little Boy Lost. And in the next podcast, we'll have a look at A Little Girl Lost, the next poem in the Songs of Experience.